totally forgot that we're still here. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, put the design over here and then cue the intro. And they're going to snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Bulls touchdown. And here he goes. It's Hester inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. You're listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now, with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just one week away. This is the last Thursday without football. Um, Ben, welcome back to the show. Last week, uh, you were absent because of a vacation, much needed. Um, from what I hear, it was a good time, but why don't you tell us just a little bit more about that? Yeah. Like you said, much needed, much needed. Good to be back for sure though. And, and Matt, Matt killed it. Good job, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I just want to, I went camping. Uh, so it, it was lots of fun. Um, and yeah, I, I, I tuned in for a little bit, uh, I was in a tent full of people, but it, like you said, it was much needed. Uh, but it's good to be uh, back on this side of the uh, podcast. So yeah, for sure. Um, I I had a little trip myself uh, today, just to kind of get away um, for for just a little bit. Um, you know, get away from the stress that is life. Um, and and I got to meet some Bears players. Um, got to meet some personnel, but we can dive into that, uh, just a little bit later. Um, we, we had a lot of fun and I may or may not have talked to a potential future guest. So that's in the works. Um, but without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into weekly news and then I'll go ahead and tell my story. So for those of people that are tuning in strictly just to hear about it, because I've really hyped up the show. Uh, thank you guys for staying with us tonight with all of the technical difficulties and everything. Really happy to be live tonight. So, weekly news. Um, so, Kyler Murray got extended. He got this clause <laughs> that... It's uh, taken out now, but it's still hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. So, the clause was um, it needs, or he needs to be able to study film for a certain amount of time because he obviously can't hold himself accountable for whatever reason. Um, and so <laughs> it's just, I mean, very, very touchy situation to the point to where the Cardinals got bullied into taking it off of his contract. So, uh, embarrassing, man. I'll be completely honest because I'll, I'll dive into that later. But, anyways, yeah, four hours of independent study a week. No, I don't, I. They came out saying that he studied fine and they just did it to like hold him accountable. And if he didn't study fine, they they would have left it in there. Right. Um, but I just think it's funny that that had to be there in the first place. Yeah. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I it, it's funny, but I'm 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 glad it's out and had some good jokes about it though. Yeah. Um, the Seahawks are signing DK Metcalf to a three-year extension. Um, very, very much needed extension, by the way. Um, you know, it sucks as a Bears fan being like, oh, well, this isn't happening anymore. But at the same time, what were the actual chances of this happening? Um, you know, teams in need of a wide receiver were looking at this for a long time, but DK is going to stay a Seahawk for uh, the next three years. Solid, yeah. well-deserved. I think three, that's just about um, it for that one, right? Yeah, three years, uh, $27 million, which puts him, I think, as the eighth highest paid football. Um, he's probably not the best. He's, he's definitely not the eighth best receiver in football. But again, you know, young players get paid. Um, right. And like you said, it's a three-year extension, so not a three-year contract. Uh, his contract was going to be up after this year, so he's still under contract. Um, for four years with them, and like I said, that that's uh, twenty four million. Uh, yeah. So that puts him right there at eight, and that's about time for him to get his money. The only two left, or the only person left now, is Debo. And yeah, Dante, but Debo. We shall see. Um, the Jets are also signing linebacker Quan Alexander to a one year deal. Um, simple move. I mean. I know Matt. Matt. Matt said about it. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. But I mean, I don't know. This Jets team just—I mean—keeps chipping away, um, filling a little hole here every once in a while. But um, very—I uh, mean, they—they've been on it this off season. I think they've been killing it so far. Oh, then sure. they're definitely trending upwards compared to what they've been doing in the past. Um, the Chiefs are signing pass rusher Carlos Dunlap to a one-year deal as well again same thing as the jets i believe uh just kind of chipping away at it filling a little hole getting some depth you know nothing crazy um but one thing that happened today that was very crazy um devastating to buccaneers fans when i read it you know um buccaneers center ryan jensen went down during training camp today and had to be carted off the field and reports are making it sound like Jensen has a significant knee injury. Um, you hate to see it. I mean, this is this is awful. Um, you don't wish this upon anybody, no matter who it is. Um, and it's just, I mean, unfortunate. I mean, this was one of the guys that um, I really wanted as a Bears fan. But Jensen, I mean, obviously a, a top-tier guy. Um, but at the same time, is it ridiculous to say that I'm expecting fully that JC Treader is going to be a Buccaneer here within the next 24 to 48 hours. Just because uh, of this. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too surprised. Like you said, he is 31. He's been fairly healthy. Um, all pro pro bowl. It, it, it's a shame to see him um, to go down like this, but yeah, I, 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 you know, we'll see who the backup is. Um, I'm blanking on his name. He was a kid out of Notre Dame. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a kid out of Notre Dame. Uh, I don't quite remember, uh, what his name is, but I, I wouldn't be too surprised if they bring someone in to at least Robert give the kid, uh, some competition. Robert Hainsey was who you were thinking about. Um, speaking of the Buccaneers, Julio Jones has signed with the Buccaneers. Um, another depth move, but it's like, wow. Like if that's your depth piece, like. I mean, I know that he's fallen off, but he's still Julio Jones. Like, 
Julio Jones with <laughs> Tom Brady. Oh, dude, it's crazy. The amount of depth that that team has is ridiculous. But it also makes me wonder because they paid Russell Gage pretty fairly uh, earlier this offseason. So where does Julio rank among the depth chart with Russell Gage? I mean, that question has to be brought up. It's very clear that Julio Jones is on a downward trend, but Russell Gage, I mean – didn't have a terrible season last season, so no, they have um, they have a like a good group of six wide receivers. It's yeah. crazy. They have Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's going to be out for a bit because his tore uh, he tore his ACL in week fifteen, I think. Yeah. Um. Then Mike Evans, Russell Gage, uh, Scott Miller. Um. People forget that he exists, but dude's. Quick, dude, speedy. Yes. And then they have Tyler Johnson, which was a wide receiver they drafted last year, I think, in the fourth round. So they have a group of like a solid six. And, and, and I, honestly, I think the reason they did that um, is just because uh, both Mike Evans and, like I said, uh, Chris Godwin went down. So they're kind of mm-hmm. trying to protect themselves a little bit. Um, and, and hopefully they're not, you know, sucking a rabbit hole. But Having those right. group of six as your wide receiver, I mean, that has to be the best in the league. And that's coming for from sure. an Eagles fan. So, Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's stunning. I mean, we went over it. Um, the Buccaneers look deadly. We've already said it before. I think that they have tremendous upside. Um, people kind of sleeping on this team, dare I say. I know that they're considering them as – title contenders but i feel like when people are talking about it the buccaneers aren't really as likely to come up in conversations as much as like the rams are or um let me i mean the eagles even are getting i I, I take over the the eagles and rams right now for sure but yeah i mean just as far as media publicity goes i feel like the buccaneers are not getting as much attention as they should be um but speaking of teams that need more attention the vikings um, in my opinion, anymore. <laughs> but um, the Vikings GM says Kirk Cousins is, quote, good, but not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. It's like, dude, yeah, all right. Like, people are making a mountain out of a mole here with that one. Obviously, he's not among top three, but he's still pretty decent. And well, people are like, well, what if they fill this hole? Like, it's not a hole. Like, you're good. What? The other part of the quote that people leave out, which I think is a far more concerning quote, is their GM said that he was contemplating with the idea of burning it down at quarterback or staying with Kirk Cousins. And as Kirk Cousins, that has to be concerning because (laughs) you think this guy's on your side. You just signed a one-year $40 million extension. And for him to come out the first day of training camp to say, eh, maybe we're going to get rid of him. Like, that doesn't strike so much confidence in yeah, your quarterback. It's not a good look. And um, one of the things, too, I mean, dare I say, even if they do trade him for just draft compensation, they kind of had a good backup that me and Kelly you kind Mond. of really, really like just so happens to be, I don't know. Uh, Kellen Mond, dear God, <laughs> please give him an opportunity. Please. I'd love to see this guy just thrive because of how much this previous head coach just bashed him he's like i'm not giving him any reps like blah blah blah. it's like dude you're a scrub um the dolphins (laughs) have signed muhammad sanu 
again, depth piece. Not a bad depth piece, but uh, definitely not exactly where he was before. And then a little bit more unfortunate news. Seahawks running back Chris Carson is retiring after the neck injury that he sustained last season, and it's just been consistent throughout this offseason. He's not able to shake it, so he's done. He's hanging him up. Um, Man, this kind of sucks. I mean, he, he had some good years, man. Good fantasy yeah. years. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a shame to see him go. Um, but like, you know, in, at, at a certain point, it, it's time for you to hang up after or hang up your cleats after the injury he had too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, um, he, he had a spinal surgery and I guess the, he wasn't recovering from it as well as you'd like. And honestly, you know, if anyone's having a spinal surgery and not recovering from it really well, you shouldn't <laughs> kind of yeah. cool the physicality. But like you said, it, it, it's a shame to see him, um, to leave. Yeah. Um, so Danny Amendola is retiring as well. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't know that he wasn't retired. So, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> rookie receivers John Mechie and Justin Ross likely will not play this season. Mechie has been diagnosed with the type of leukemia, and Justin Ross has been put on the IR. Um, Mechie is a big smack in the face, and yeah. I hope the best for him. Um, I hope Person you know and his family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I hope everything, you know, heals up quickly as far as, you know, just health-wise. Um, and then he's able to come back and be a strong receiver as much as everybody expects him to be. Um, as far as Justin Ross, as much as I not am shocking. high on this guy, it's not shocking. But it was cool to see a couple highlights out of, you know, a couple, what is it, OTAs that I believe it came from. Yeah. So. Um, I have two headlines before I get into my bear story that are including, you know, the bears. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has presented the bears with a couple renovation prototypes that would involve increasing current seating to 70,000 plus and adding a dome. Um, The dome would also include for those of you that, you know, haven't seen it yet. The dome would include um, kind of what SoFi and um, whatever the Atlanta one's called, the Mercedes-Benz, I believe, uh, Superdome, mm-hmm. um, with the, the screen kind of wrapping around. Um, they would basically just build on what they have, but it looks very, very good. Um, I only want to say I'm against it because there's no parking. Um, that is the like one of the biggest things and you're so landlocked. We've talked about this briefly before you're landlocked onto that one property. Um, so that sucks. And if, if you can expand parking for sure, let's do it. But um, that's a fan's perspective as well. You also have to think about it from the bears. The city of Chicago owns soldier field. It is not a public or it, it is, it is city property. It is not the property of Chicago bears. They're one of the few teams that actually don't have exclusive rights to their stadium. So as a result, that $20 pop and pizza combo that you just bought at the concession stand is going towards the city of Chicago and not so much the bears. Um, When you're looking at potential ticket sales and hosting Super Bowls and stuff like that, um, you're definitely looking at making way more money as a franchise and looking to expand upon that, you know, making the team better, stuff like that in a new stadium. Um, thank you for bringing that up for people that haven't seen it yet. It's it's sick. Ah. I love it so much. Um, but 
in all honesty, a new stadium just sounds cool in general. I'm personally, like I said, I'm all for it. If they could fix parking, I'm all for it. But that's only because I'd be able to take a train there. Um, driving all the way to Lake Forest or Arlington would kind of suck. So. <laughs> but so, I mean, I, I just find it weird too, though. Oh, not mean to do that. Uh, wow, we're all over the place here, huh? <laughs> um, is the the weird indoor outdoor that you guys got going on right there? Yeah, it's, it's the same thing that I believe Lucas. I know Oil SoFi. Thing, right? Well, no, well, this is this is completely like this isn't windowed in. This oh, is okay. open space, and I know SoFi is a weird indoor outdoor thing as well. But at, at this point, just fill that <laughs> just space do in. That, yeah, it would. It, you just. You, it, it's what pointless. I'm hoping for is that that dome is retractable. Yeah, because in in all honesty, one of the things that I'm really gonna miss is, um, bear weather. That's one of the like only things historically that you know you'd hear of about Chicago football, and that's bear weather. I mean, but that defeats the purpose of having the dome at that point, though. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you're also looking at Super Bowls, stuff like that, more money. It sucks, but it's a give and take. Whatever. Uh, give me WrestleMania, and it'll be cool. Um. Bears and Roquan Smith are in the middle of contract negotiations, despite the fact that he's on the PUP list. He did show up to training camp today. Uh, I saw him in the flesh. Very cool, dude. If I would have stayed over to where I was, I probably could have gotten his autograph, um, but decided to move for these reasons. Let me go ahead and get into my story because this, (laughs) oh, what a day. Dude, this was ridiculous. So we're walking down. Um, let me, let's just, I'll, I'll go ahead and share some pictures. Um, because I took lots of them. Try not to, you know, uh, let's see window. Sorry. Trying to figure this out. There it is. So, uh, can I move this? Yeah, I can. All right. Don't look at these. Just picture them as if they're not there. So here's a new helmet. It looks sick. (laughs) Love it. Um, tell me that doesn't look way better than the pictures that they took. Cause this looks like crap. I mean, like in in the in everything that they did prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that made me very very excited. <sighs> we'll say this this made me ecstatic about it. Um, just oh man, oh man, just the color. I don't know, but that's that's a very brief story. Um, I met Staley. He kind of flirted with my mom a little bit. Shout out to my mom for going with me today and driving me there. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but as we walk to our right just a little bit, this Hallis Hall in the background, as we walk to our right a little bit, we go down the path and all of a sudden we see this old dude. And I was like, no way. That's not the old dude, is it? And my mom's like, what? what's up with that old dude? And I was like, all right, look, what you don't know is that this gentleman right here is the chairman of the Chicago Bears. And his mom is Virginia McCaskey, the owner of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> that guy that has his hand on my shoulder is worth a little over $100 million. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> like, you know, she didn't know. But I asked him, um, I said, so about Arlington. I said, is that a legitimate thing? What are you guys thinking? And he was like, well, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, we're still working on closing this property. Um, but our intentions are to go there. And I said, well, I mean, what about 
Soldier Field. I said, are we done with Soldier Field at that point? Do we just kind of rule out these next couple of years are our last year's shoulder, soldier? And he kind of looked away and he was like, how do I word this? And he was like, well, I think it's safe to say that uh, our, our intentions are strictly in Arlington. He's like, take that as you must. And I was like, all right. So after that, you know, I tried to shake his hand, but I'm assuming because of sanitary reasons, he wasn't doing that. I saw him not shake the other guy's hand before. Um, but, you know, I, I gave him a fist bump and then he, you know, said, keep rooting for the Navy in orange. Said, you know, great things are coming, promise. And then um, he told my mom, he was like, you raised a good boy. And I was like, oh, dude, hopefully I see you somewhere down the road. Like, this is cool. Um, <laughs> great quick. guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Didn't he scooter to and from practice? Yes. And I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. Very, very weird guy. Yeah, yeah. I may or may not have a video of him on a scooter. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. Um, so, there's this guy on TikTok. Uh, his name's Connor Burns. And he's this straight up crazy Bears fan, just as, you know, I am. I've talked about him before to you. I don't know if it's been on the show or not, but I, I, I saw Connor. Um, I've been on his live stream before. We've talked Bears football before. Um, and so here's a picture of me and Connor. Uh, very cool guy. I, I told him, I was like, I, 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 I walked up to him. And I was like, Burns? And he goes, no way. And then he, like, he looks at me and he goes, Matthews? Cause I mean, he recognized me from the live stream. I was like, what's up, man? And he dabbed me up and, you know, um, we gave each other a hug and everything. It was really cool. And then I was like, so how about that chairman just kind of casually walking over there? He's like, dude, I wanted to tell him to sell the team, but just decided a, maybe I should stay professional with it. I said, yeah, for sure. Uh, (laughs) this kid's a great kid. And I hope, I I mean, I talked to him before he said, we're going to try and get him on the show. Um, maybe do a collaboration with his. This kid is a great kid, and I can't wait to get to work with him if this is coming to fruition right before everybody goes to college. Um, so, as I as I previously mentioned, Roquan Smith showing up to um, you know practice today, not practicing, but showing up to practice. Um, now moving on to one of my favorite parts of this whole story. So right after practice, I um, you know just kind of walking up trying to hope hope to god that i can get some kind of autograph and sure enough one of the players that i've been hyping this whole off season <laughs> saying everybody's sleeping on them right dude this one guy this pass rusher he's going to be good man watch out for him who is he oh yeah travis gibson this man great guy you can see he is so excited to talk with the fans. Look at this face. Look at this face. I was like, hey, man, you know, I said, Trev, how you doing, man? And he was like, I'm good. I'm good. And I said, well, you know, I've been I've been telling everybody. I was like, so many people are sleeping on you this year. You have no idea. I was like, you're going to do great things this year, man. And I've been telling all of my friends, like, you're going to kill it. Everybody's sleeping on you, bro. And he goes, look, he said, tell them to keep sleeping on me. You keep riding on that hype train. And he goes, can you sign that or, you know, can I sign that football for you? I said, yeah, absolutely. And so I gave him my, my autograph football, which I'll show you guys here in a sec. Um, and, you know, I, I let him sign that. I said, do you mind if you sign this helmet too? Um, let me, let me kind of close out of this really quick. Um, and then I will move to. The... Ah. 
There we go. So as you can see, a mini helmet that I brought to the scouting combine was signed by Travis Gibson alone. Um, he was a very, very cool guy. And so I wanted him to have his own piece of memorabilia in my, in my room. Very cool piece. Um, I love it. Travis is a great guy. Um, let's see. So I'll go ahead and I'll bump us back into pictures. So, he signed my football, right? Me and him were casually talking, like, you know, almost like we've met before. Here's me and him. Uh, Travis Gibson's a great guy. But uh, he was like, do you mind if I take this ball and go get it signed by somebody else? I was like, yeah, man, who are you thinking? And, um, you know, I handed him the ball, and he goes, Demont. I was like, what? And so <laughs> this guy, no joke, let me uh, go ahead and share my screen again because I've got another – uh, video just a second i'm sorry uh, i believe it was this one right here so i don't know if it'll let me play yeah it'll let me play the video so here's trevis walking back after talking to david montgomery and you know right after that i was like you know can you get him to walk over here because i was like maybe i can get a picture with Devon too and he was like nah man it's a little iffy i was like yeah no worries and so um, he went out of his way. This was the only autograph that David Montgomery gave out that day. Travis Gibson went out of his way to do that for me. And this was so cool. The guy was awesome. Um, might just be my favorite bear at the moment, to be honest. But here's another picture of him and Demont, you know, Monty signing that ball for I was going to say, yeah, for those who don't know who Demont is, he's talking about David Montgomery. This guy, yeah, great guy. Um, then offensive lineman Cody Whitehair starts walking up. <laughs> I get a picture with him as well as his autograph. Very cool guy as well. Oh, yeah, that's Cole Komet. <laughs> Me and Cole Komet, uh, you know, I got his autograph as well. Cole's a very good dude, man. Um, you know, I talked to him just briefly and, you know, I wanted to make a fantasy joke, just be like, hey, man, I might draft you for fantasy this year. You got to produce for me. And he'd be like, yeah, you know, I was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to do that. Besides um, the fact so, he got clamped by Eddie Jackson at practice today. He so didn't, though. So, like, there, well, yeah, no, nah, there is one. There's one play where he got clamped, I will say. There's struggling to find separation. But then at one point, he did <laughs> find the separation, caught a beautiful, beautiful over the shoulder pass that was just perfectly placed by Justin Fields because he can throw the ball and he's really freaking good. Um, anyways, so we'll get there. Cole Kmet, very cool guy. Larry Borum came up next. Uh, very <laughs> sad story. Uh, this guy, I, I mean, he's a great dude. Um, but the thing is, is that he's not necessarily known by the masses <laughs> as much as the other guys. And so, you know, he came up and he signed a couple things for some kids that, you know, asked for it. And um, he was just like anybody else, just kind of, you know. And I was like, dude, this poor guy, like, you know, come get a picture with me. You know, this guy's cool. So he was all right. This guy, he's a good guy. But, um, <laughs> you know, so there's, there's that for right now. Um, afterwards, I will say this, um, you know, as far as interaction goes, Justin Fields, when you hear the whole thing about how he is the first person in, last person out, that is a very, very true statement. 
He makes sure that he is the last guy off the field, but he is also the first guy on the field, stretching, you know, getting some work in, throwing, stuff like that, getting, you know, extra film studies, stuff like that. So as he was walking off, everybody's chanting, Justin, Justin. And, you know, he kind of puts his hand up and everything. And so I told my mom, I was like, hey, follow me. And so he went to like pretty much where the tunnel was, uh, or not the tunnel, but like kind of the pathway yeah. that the players would excuse me, walk in. Um, let me go ahead and share my screen and play this because this is a very brief video. I was standing in the middle of a crowd. Uh, Burns was actually to my right. Connor Burns was to my right. Um, you know, but this was the middle of the crowd just for Justin Fields to sign something of these people's. Oh, very, very crazy scene. People were starting to like go past the boundaries that were open to public and stuff like that, just so that they can get a glimpse of this guy. Um, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. The amount of love that Chicago has shown him so far. It's, it's so good. Um, and so, you know, Staley, the bear riding around on a Segway, you know, a little scooter. Um, I thought that was hilarious. Um, and so I, I was laughing with my mom afterwards and I was like, you know, um, like, man, like this is just funny to see. Cause I mean, there's nobody by this mascot and he's just zipping by on a scooter. Like it's nothing. And the security guard overhears me and he's like, Hey, you know, he's not the only guy on a scooter that rides around is like, you know, that's his way to transport. I was like, really? And he was like, yep. And he goes, think about, you know, a little higher up. I was like, don't tell me my new GM rides on a scooter. <laughs> he goes like, no, think about a little bit bigger. I was like, you're kidding. Well, as you can see here, here's good old George McCaskey. And you're going to hear me too. <laughs> here's, here's McCaskey riding a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> That's our chairman. <laughs> I was so disappointed in that. I was like, dude... <laughs> You're worth over a hundred million dollars. You're going to ride on a scooter. Like it was hilarious too, because uh, 1920 football drive is a very, very long road to Hallis hall. And you didn't just see it. It's not an electric scooter either. And even if it is, it's a very low charge electric scooter because you saw him really putting some work into it when he was <laughs> going down the road. And so I was just like, dude, what a joke. Like, okay. I mean, oh, it's fine. You know, um, but anyways, so I said that I would show it. Here's the football. Uh, let's show it there. So Cody Whitehair. Oh, my God. I'm trying to figure out the camera. Cody Whitehair is by this right here. Uh, Travis Gibson is right here. Uh, David Montgomery right here. And then Cole Komet right here. Um, nice. So I was stunned. Today was a great day. Um, as far as takeaways from practice, from you know a Bears fan's point of view, exactly what I want to tell people is it is very, very clear that Justin Fields, um, David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet have all gotten together this offseason and worked on chemistry um, more so to the point to where they're able to pinpoint throws and just kind of figure out where the ball is going to be before it gets there, stuff like that. Things that they weren't able to do when fields first started one of the things that i really want to emphasize on too when fields first started he was thrown into it 
this very first starting game, he was not given any kind of starting reps, so his chemistry with the team was garbage. The more that the season progressed, you got to see a little bit more growth, and that's when you see the growth between Cole Komet and Justin Fields and then Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields, which is why they put on a show in Pittsburgh. What I would like people to know, because as much as Justin Fields is getting bashed, don't get me wrong, he had a terrible season, but the thing is, He's getting starting reps. He knows that he is the guy. The new front office has told him and made it very, very clear at practice, this is the guy. He runs with the ones all the time. There is no running with the twos with him. He is that guy. Um, as far as you know, chemistry and everything, even Cole Komet said in a press conference today, he's been able to make throws and catches that you know would not happen last year. He said it just wouldn't just the way that things work out this year and everything. It's just, it's different as far as chemistry. Uh, This coaching staff seemed very, very competent today. And that gave me a lot of hope. Um, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win a Super Bowl because I don't believe that. But what I will say is that the overall feel and culture of this team has changed significantly within the past nine months for sure. Um, I will say, you know, you look at Nagy's offense and everything like that, the way that they structured it and, you know, the strengths the fields had that wasn't necessarily displayed was definitely put on display today. What you see is fields scrambling outside the pocket more, some more, you know, you might see an out route here and there, but you're seeing a lot more deep routes with David Montgomery or not David Montgomery, Darnell Mooney. Uh, Velas Jones Jr. is in the slot now. A uh, very, very, um, what it's not frightening, but exciting to see him there. Um, you know, it, it's exciting to see this o- offense progress the way that it should be by a competent coaching staff. Very exciting there. On the defensive side of the ball, Eddie Jackson looked like 2018 Eddie Jackson today. Um, to be fair, the wide receivers he was going up against wasn't necessarily the greatest. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, he's, he's very, very good in terms of coverage, at least in practice. Uh, Jaquan Brisker started off very, very rocky and kind of put me on a little bit of a notice, like, wow, like kind of nerve wracking. Is this guy going to start to start off? Um, however, you know, Deandre Houston Carson put on a good show. If Brisker can't start week one, then expect Houston Carson to, um, but, Jaquan Brisker had a strong end to the practice, including a uh, tip pick and a uh, batted down pass from Justin Fields. Um, the pick did not happen from Justin Fields. It was from Trevor Simeon. But um, I will say, I mean, Kyler Gordon looks very good. Um, he's going to be in the nickel um, position for this defense, which means Kendall Vildor is going to be on the opposite end if things stay the same. Um, so obviously Jalen Johnson's going to be CB one, but you know, um, Kyler Gordon really, really excelled today in that nickel position. Um, I mean, I would have loved to see Roquan Smith perform today, but it just didn't happen. Um, as far as Robert Quinn goes, he seemed very motivated. Um, you know, getting to the ball was, you know, um, I mean, our offensive line is not very good. So getting to the ball was very easy to for him um but i will say 
accountability is huge in this new coaching staff. Um, you know, we've talked before in this podcast about how, you know, the Bears seem to, you know, really uh, tug on Justin Fields a little bit too much. Um, but the thing is, is that is not the case. On the outside looking in, maybe, but like actually seeing what's going on at practice changes everything. Um, if he made a mistake, for sure, he's getting yelled at. If he can't get the ball out a little bit quicker, which is something he's worked on in this offseason, if he can't get that ball out quick, that coach is going to be in his ear about it. And Justin's going to be able to take it because great skilled players like hard coaching like that. They don't like to get babied. They don't like anything like that. Tough players like that. Um, as far as the defense goes, Matt Eberflus was all over Travis Gibson today. His speed and everything like that was not up to par as far as Matt Eberflus wanted. Um, but, I mean, he is on people's cases. I love it. Um, just, you know, this is this is Coach Tyler coming in saying I love that. This is, I mean, literally the one thing that I am very excited about is this seems like it's a very championship-built culture um, that they're at least starting. And it's it's not that they're going to be winning anything soon, but it's a very um, common type of culture that you see in clubhouses like this that spark different, um, you know, leaders to come up. You know, Eddie Jackson was appearing more in the leadership role uh, today than normal. You know, if somebody got yelled at on the defensive line, Eddie Jackson was in their ear. Um, I explained to my mom, I said, look, I would be very, very surprised if you don't hear some kind of locker room issue at any point in time this season, not because some people is actually going at their throats, but because they're very passionate guys playing a very passionate sport. They're doing this for a living. They want to win. Um, this team is going to go through a ton of crap this season and it's going to be very, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, in all, in all, it's going to be passion that drives this team. It's going to be that strong, hard nosed culture. That's going to be set in by the coaching staff, the high expectations, um, holding people accountable for their actions. If they mess up stuff like that, they're running extra sprints. If they mess up, like this isn't no, Oh man, you made it to the league. Congratulations. You made a million dollars. You're not going to run as much. No, you get to run up and down this massive hill in the back of the practice thing. You screw up, that's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, very, very impressed by what I saw today. Um, unfortunately, Tevin Jenkins was not there, so he wasn't. I, I wasn't able to see any growth from him today. Um, but all in all, um, it made me excited to watch some football, and that's coming next Thursday. But, you know, it didn't change how I felt about the team for sure. Um, it made me – I mean – how could you not want to root for a team like that after experience like Travis Gibson gave me today? And, you know, um, Justin Fields being that fan favorite, seeing growth from him. I mean, it's, it's very tough not to be like ecstatic, like, Oh man, what can we do this year? You know, I'm totally okay with the nine and eight season. If that's what we get, it sucks. We're probably not going to make the playoffs if that happens, but a nine and eight season finishing over 500 is a win in my book. Um, if you're talking about successful season though, still saying a playoff win or just getting to the playoffs. Um, definitely think that there are a lot of people sleeping on this team though. Um, like I said before, 
I mean, my standpoint on them being a bottom three team, still think that's bull crap. Um, I'm not willing to sit here and say that. In fact, I think they're a lot better than what people are making it out to be. Um, so just excited to see them prove a lot of people wrong. They're going to be one of those teams that everybody's going to be like, where did they come from? Um, watch for them in week one because this secondary is going to be a problem for Trey Lance. But that's it for my story. Very exciting. Very exciting. If yeah. you have any questions, too, about it, I am more than happy to, you know, but I think I might have covered all the bases. But if you have anything, anything, player <laughs> anything, like, let me know. Comments, too. I see a couple people are watching this live. So, uh, you know, feel free to leave a review down if you're listening to this later as well. <laughs> you um. Yeah, so I, I I think we glanced over this. I don't even think we touched on. Did we touch on Trey Lance being the starting quarterback for the 49ers? Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I didn't say that specifically because it's kind of cut and dry. Um, you know, I think or I think we. I mean, I predicted that Jimmy Garoppolo well, would still be the starting quarterback, but. I mean, I yeah. Think that- uh, officially, Kyle Shanahan, the uh, 49ers head coach, said that they're. Um, Moving to uh, Trey Lance as a QB1, and then he mentioned that their goal is to uh, get Jimmy G um, up and healthy and to get him traded. So they've made that very public. I mean, it's what everyone's kind of known at this point. And again, like like we said, you know, give it three or four weeks, and he'll be a he'll be a Seahawk. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, is there anything else that you know you want to talk about? Before no, we... I was I was gonna ask about uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins, but like yeah. you said, he was uh, he wasn't Absolutely. there. So how did that yeah. offensive line look protecting Justin Fields today, though? Um, there were a couple moments where it looked very iffy, but the thing is, there was a lot of frustration on that side of the ball following that, which made it kind of okay for me. Um, the coaches were livid, like. It's not, we're not okay with this. You're going to be held accountable for that. And on top of that, um, the intensity on the team was through the roof. You heard the defense hooting and hollering at every turnover, every pressure, every, you know, I mean, I guess sack that you could call it because they didn't have pads on today. They can't have pads on. But, um, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, I mean, think of your typical high school, you know, practice. You know, if your defense makes a play, you're going to hear a lot of trash talk. You're going to hear a lot of, you know, where you at and like stuff like that. You know, you're going to hear a lot of that because you want to put, you know, uh, Coach Tyler, I'll get to your comment here in a sec. Um, But as far as the intensity and everything, there's a lot of competition. And that's not just position wise, but it's offense versus defense. We're not going to let you go through. We're going to find the holes in your offense and we're going to make you better that kind of feel uh coach Tyler's asking what about Michael Schofield and Riley Reef? okay from what I saw um both players are kind of working their way into the starting rotation I'm not sure how much this you know I I, I don't know how much I would take out of this I am a full believer that Riley Reef can start um you know Michael oh, yeah. Schofield is also a pure candidate for sure um just wait for them to get a little bit more work in, but I, I expect them to be week one starters. But if not, um, 
I, I mean, there's, they've got a lot of competition. I know uh, Tim Patrick, I think, had a, like a hand injury today. Um, so he had like limited amount of work. And so uh, Doug Kramer, the former Illinois center, uh, got some work in today with the ones because of that. Um, but yeah, as far as Michael Schofield goes and Riley Reef, um, as far as protection goes from those two, I was I was okay with it. There wasn't anything, um, you know, Riley Reef, I believe. Uh, maybe not. I, I want to say Riley Reef was on the edge for some reason, like a play under tackle spot, but I might have been wrong. I might have been looking at the wrong. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, as far as Riley Reef throughout his entire career, he's kind of just been like a swing offensive lineman. And for those yeah. who don't, who aren't like aware of the term of swing tackle that just genuinely refers to like a tackle that can play both left or right. And it usually refers to a backup, yeah. uh, but Riley reef has been like a swing offensive lineman playing pretty much any single position he can or needs to be outside of center. So yeah. and, and, and that's why I view that as a good signing. You know, if he starts, he starts, but um, he's definitely a good like backup just, offensive lineman not particularly yeah. a guard or tackle um yeah i mean reef was putting up a good fight against you know this the ones so against you know robert quinn um being able to protect that quarterback's huge and to be able to come in and do that on limited snaps and the first day of training camp was big um coach tyler asking about braxton jones yes he did get some uh some some first string um work today actually um, and I think that's just because they were starting to work a little bit more people in just because um, Tevin Jenkins wasn't there. And then also, you know, um, Tim Patrick got hurt, too. So you're going to hear a couple names that ran with the ones today, but that probably won't stick. Um, and Braxton Jones being one of them specifically. But, um, you know, I I'm not I, what I will say about the offensive line as far as Braxton Jones goes not a starter it, yeah but if he starts it's it's an issue it's an um, issue for sure but the run game if you're going cuz what i'm hearing a lot this offseason is that the bears are going to be a, like a huge run team um but if you're going to be a run team you need to figure out that offensive line cuz that was horrendous today um, the only <laughs> thing that worked pretty much was Justin Fields being able to get somebody the ball. Um, he had a nice couple runs too. It was, it was very nice to see, um, you know, outside the pocket and being able to scramble outside and have a design play like that was just so much fun to see. It's like, cause I mean, how many times did you hear last season, you know, why aren't the bears and Matt Nagy scheming him to be scrambling outside the pocket and making throws on the run? Like, that happened today. That happened for sure. You're seeing a lot of As it should. corner routes, you know, uh, Matt corner route that was very beautiful. Like, like I said, just over the shoulder, beautiful catch. Um, you could find that on the Bears Twitter or my Twitter. I think I retweeted it. Um, but I mean, beautiful work from Justin Fields and the skilled players. Uh, o line needs some help though, and it's it's just very clear, cut and dry. Um, but I think the more that Michael Schofield and Riley Reef work their way into this offense, it's not going to patch up the hole completely, but it's going to stop the leak, if that makes a little sense. Um, so, you know, that's um, what I have to say about that. Any other, any other questions before we move on? 
to, to my Braxton Jones point, for those who aren't quite well aware, who Bra- what what was it? Fifth round you guys drafted him? I want to say it was fifth or sixth. Fifth, fifth or sixth. Braxton Jones is an offensive lineman the Bears drafted in the fifth or sixth round out of Southern Utah State. So not Utah, you know, the Pac-12. It's Southern Utah State. Yeah. Um, and he, and he kind of caught on at the combine. For those wondering, um, and I'm pretty sure he was on my list of players who stood out at the combine. Uh, but he he's just a big ball of clay, basically. So he, he, he was a, he was a project. So again, like I said, if he starts, either two things happen: either he progressed way faster than anyone could have expected, mm. or you guys have just absolutely pooped the bed. <laughs> One thing that I that I will say before I move on: uh, special teams was actually a pretty big emphasis at the start of practice today. Um, something I found pretty interesting. Um, they're still looking to find a good punt returner. Uh, Byron Pringle was the one that impressed oh, yeah. me the most today specifically. If he can punt, you know, I believe he took one back today at practice. Um, but it was Byron Jones, Valus Jones, uh, Valus Jones, Valus Jones Jr. Um, <laughs> surprisingly, Khalil Herbert got in the mix for catching punts and kicks. He was a return um, man in college. He was doing pretty good. And David Montgomery got in the mix as well. Ooh, I don't like that. Um, so, but it wasn't it wasn't like the back guy for sure. It was like the next row up um, to the yeah. left. So, um, you know, I want to say, oh, Daz Newsom was also involved there. Um, big fan of Daz, and he made a good play today as well. Um, I, I mean, kind of contorted his body in a Terry McLaurin way and made a catch that was crazy with the second stringers. Um, to the point where I was like, "Ooh, who was that?" And then when I saw Newsom on the back of the jersey, I was like, "No way!" Like, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall today, um, you know, as far as special teams production, they really, really focused, um, on you know, just just blocking primarily. Um, but yeah, and then last 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 question. Um, Coach Tyler saying Ebner, did he get some? Uh, Ebner, the the running back, I believe, from Oregon. Um, might be wrong there. But, um, yes, he did get some work in. I believe it was with the, I mean, third string offense. Um, but, I mean, solid work from him. Um, nothing really too crazy. I mean, you're a pro athlete, you know. But at the same time, I mean, he made a couple good cuts and, you know, um, you know, created some separation today that impressed me. So that was cool. Um, but anyways, I took up a lot of time on this podcast talking about that. So I apologize. <laughs> but it's time to move on to our pigskin pick'em cold schedule. <laughs> I'll talk here for a little bit so you can catch your breath. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So get, get some water. Yeah. Um yeah, let's let's go ahead and kick it off and then I'll I'll count your win totals. Oh, you'll count it for me? Yeah, I'll do it for you. No worries. I mean, shoot. All right. Well, they open up week one, um, playing the Texans. Uh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Texans don't win any games this season. So the Colts are winning that one. Um, but week two is where it gets fun uh, because it's the Jaguars versus the Colts. 
Um, and then I think this is where we first get to see our actual test of Trevor Lawrence. And we can see how Trevor Lawrence is going to play. Uh, but I have the Colts winning that as well. Uh, they have their first loss in week three against the Chiefs. Um, and then they go on to lose uh, the next two as well. So they lose against the Titans and the Broncos um, in week uh, four and five. Okay. Uh, they play the Jaguars again. I'll have them beat the Jaguars there. And I'll have them beat the Titans um, as well in the next week. This game, uh, this would be week one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Week seven is where it gets really, really fun because that's the Commanders versus the Colts. So uh, Carson Wentz is coming back home, um, and you know we're gonna do it. We're, we're gonna we're gonna have them lose. We're gonna have the Commanders win that game. Okay. <laughs> um, then they play the Patriots in week eight. We've already covered our thoughts on the Patriots. They're kind of. On a downhill spiral there. So we have the Colts winning against the Patriots. And then we'll have them losing against the Raiders. And then losing against the Eagles. Uh, then we'll have them that beating. That one's in Indy. That's cool. Yeah, that's in Indy. I was actually looking at going to that game. I was deciding between a Colts and Bears game. Um, I had to go with the Bears. Experience some of that bear weather we were talking about earlier in the episode. Oh, baby. <laughs> but... um. Then they play the Steelers. Um, I'll have them beat the Steelers. Uh, and I will have them losing to the Cowboys, losing to the Vikings, and losing to the Chargers. And then um, I'll have them win out, win out the last two games of the season against the Giants and Texans. Right. So that brings your win total to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So they finish with a... Eight and nine record. You know, I will say this, um, experiencing, you know, pro football or just any football in Lucas Oil after you've experienced it, like, you know, um, the scouting combine when we went there, um, (laughs) definitely recommend because it's such a cooler atmosphere. Lucas Oil is such a cool place to be. So if you're still thinking about it, I mean, if it's a possibility, Definitely try to look at that game because it'd be cool. Um, heck, I might even look at tickets. It'd be cool. Anyways, so I'll go ahead. Um, at Texans, week one, that's a win. Um, at Jaguars, week two, that's a win. Versus Chiefs, loss. Uh, versus Titans, I think that's a win. Um, at Broncos, that's a loss. Um, versus Jaguars, that's a win. At Titans, they'll split, so they'll lose. Uh, versus Commanders, I have them winning because it's at home, and that Colts crowd is nuts. Uh, at Patriots, win. At Raiders, loss. Uh, versus Eagles, loss. Uh, Steelers, win. Cowboys, I'm going to have them win. Um, Vikings, loss. Chargers, loss. Uh, Giants win, Texans win. So one, two, three, four. It's just five, one more six, than mine. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So two more. Ten. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'll go ten and seven this season for the Colts. I'm all in. Give me Matt Ryan, baby. He'll choke in the playoffs, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you can go ahead and start with the Jaguars. 
Oh, the Jaguars have four preseason games. It's quite interesting. What's up with that? Yeah. NFL, <laughs> you have some explaining to do. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, week one, we'll, we'll shift the Jaguars schedule here. This is also interesting because it's Jaguars versus Commanders. And for those wondering why I'm saying that's interesting, uh, because it's Doug Peterson, uh, former Super Bowl winning head coach for the Eagles, and Carson Wentz. Um, and I think this game is just going to be a slugfest. I don't think it's going to be a good game. <laughs> um, but uh, just because I have uh, my thoughts on Carson Wentz, we're going to have the Jaguars win that. Um, as I said, I mean, probably two minutes ago, I'll have them lose week two against the Colts. I'll have them lose week three against the Chargers. I'll have them lose week four against the Eagles. We'll have them win week five against the Texans. We'll have them lose week six to the Colts again. Uh, we'll have them beat the Giants in week seven, lose to the Broncos in week eight, lose to the Raiders in week nine, lose to the Chiefs in week 10, lose to the Ravens in week 11, finally lose or, or finally get a win um, to the Lions. And then we'll have them beat the Titans as well. And then lose the Cowboys. Beat the Jets and beat the Texas. We have them at seven wins, boys. Ooh. Spicy. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not bad. Oh, yeah. Hall of Fame game. Yep. Oh. Who are they playing the Jets? Raiders? I thought the I thought the Jets were the Hall of Fame game. I thought so too, but apparently not. Um, all right. So, what did you say that you had him on? Seven wins. All right. So that's that's pretty good. Um, all right. So let's see. It's seven and ten. All right. Um, just a second here. That's more wins than I would have expected going into it. Um, if you would have asked me without looking at their schedule, I think I would have probably said five or six. Yeah, the schedule, I mean, you know, I'm expecting some growth out of Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think they're going to pick up a couple wins when they should lose. Um, but, okay, so at Commanders, um, that's going to be a win strictly because <clears throat> Doug Peterson knows how to scout his own quarterback. Come on now. Versus Colts, uh, that's a loss. <clears throat> at Chargers, that's a loss. At Eagles, that's a loss. Stop it. Okay. Versus Texans, that's a win. At Colts, that's a loss. Uh, versus Giants, that's a win. Versus Broncos, I'm going to give them the win here, actually. That's going to be one that they should lose, but they will win. <clears throat> um, let's see. Versus Raiders, they'll lose. At Chiefs, they'll lose. Um, versus Ravens, they'll lose. Lions, they'll lose. Titans, they'll win. Cowboys, they'll lose. Um, at Jets, they'll win. Uh, at Texans, they'll win. Versus Giants, they'll win. So that's one, two, three. Wow. Four, five, oh, six, seven wins. So still seven and ten. Um, just picking up a win in a different area. Um, mm -hmm. So not bad. Uh, let's see. 
yeah so anyways um yeah so that'll that'll do it for our pigskin pick them this week but we got some fantasy sleepers for you guys before we're you know the two people in the chat too if you guys want to if you guys want to chime in on this subject because lord knows it's about to get to fantasy draft time Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I actually have four for you. We'll make the fourth one quick. Okay. Um, but do you want me to name all four, or do you want to go back and forth? Um, go ahead and name all four. All right. Um, so Rashad Bateman, uh, for the Ravens at wide receiver. Um, and these are all sleepers, underrated players that I think uh, can probably outperform their position. And honestly, he's the first guy that popped into my head. Um, Lamar Jackson's finally back. He'll be fully healthy. And I know people like to trash on him for being a running back, but he can throw the football and he's now number one wide receiver on this team. Now that Marquise, uh, Hollywood Brown is gone. Um, so I would really expect him to take, um, a big leap in year two. Um, the guy I was having conflict with adding on this list, uh, was Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo bills. Um, I didn't have conflict because I thought he was going to be bad. I just think – I don't know if I can consider him a sleeper at this point uh, in yeah. his career because I know he had a he had a couple few good games last year where he really uh, kind of cemented his name there. Um, but, but we'll put him on him because I, I do think he's um, – I'm not going to say a 1,000 yards this year, but I, I, I think he could um, – I wouldn't be surprised if he put up an 800 yard season. Okay. So, so, so we'll keep him on that list. I, I think he's a good, solid, probably number three wide receiver, maybe a flex every few games. Um, and then the guy that I've been really high on throughout this entire process, um, a guy I know Matt, Matt has been really high on throughout the entire process, um, is Rashid White, the running back out of ASU, who actually got drafted by the Niners. Okay. Um, and it was a perfect situation for him. This isn't so much have to do with the love of the back because I, I did love him. Uh, he is six two. He had the speed. Um, one of my crushes out of this uh, class. But he finally, you know, he, he's in a good situation. He has a good offensive line, and the Niners have really been starved for like a bell cow back, and they've always done the back by committee approach. And now they finally get that guy to come in here. And, and even if he splits touches in the first half of the season, he's still going to get the playing time. But that back half of the season, when it really starts to matter in fantasy football, that is when I think he's going to start putting up, I wouldn't say 20 bomb games, but I mean, he might he might get you a 20 bomb here every once in a while yeah. in your season. Um, and the last guy I just want to touch on real quick is uh, – Tim Patrick, uh, Broncos wide receiver, not the other Tim Patrick. Um, but I, <laughs> I think he finally has a good, um, a good quarterback to throw to him. He's put up uh, 700 uh, yard seasons the past few seasons. He put up uh, five touchdowns last season, six touchdowns the season before. Um, and I'm just really excited to see what he's going to do with an actual quarterback throwing to him. And the same thing goes, like I said, with Gabe Davis, a good, you know, number two or number three. Um, wide receiver that I think um, you can watch out for. Meanwhile, you know, like a Bateman is a big boomer bust kind of guy, but with yeah. the spill, Gabe Davis or Tim Patrick is number three. Um, I feel pretty confident in those four guys. 
Okay. Solid, solid. My turn. <laughs> I'm going to start off with one of the guys that I met today, Cole Komet. Um, you know, you might say, you know, stop it. This guy can't catch, blah, blah. Stop he's improved. This guy can't catch. He's, he's improved a lot. Um, from what I saw, he didn't drop a ball today. So um, if he can develop a little bit more separation, um, you know, I can expect him. I, all I got to say is there's going to be some deep routes to Cole Komet. Uh, look at like a Zach Miller type tight end um, this time around. Um, and next up, and I, I truly believe that uh, Cole Komet can be a very good um end zone target as well i think he's taken some um from jimmy graham as well but i don't think that he's going to be a combination of the two i think he'll be uh, you know he'll be good but he'll be good enough to stay on the team as well um next up this guy shouldn't be a sleeper but he is because he's falling in like every mock draft that i've done for fantasy um michael thomas everybody's falling asleep on him man uh it's ridiculous the player, you can get him in a late round. Um, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna see him go in the first three rounds for sure. In the fourth round, that's where you'll see him. Um, I think maybe late third round is when you could potentially see him actually, but fourth, fifth rounds are where he's starting to pop up in terms of fantasy rankings for ESPN. Um, so he's definitely an option, and then, um, there's this team that may or may not have drafted an offensive lineman in the first round to better their running game. And that team is the Dallas Cowboys And that running game. That's going to be complimented is Ezekiel Elliott. No, he's not even running back one there anymore. That's what people are saying right now. This is you sleeping on Ezekiel Elliott this year, but I'm telling you this guy is going to be very, very good. Um, I'm expecting the biggest breakout season of him. And then last but not least, just because, you know, I like a rookie. I like a rookie very much. As you oh, listened yeah. to the last episode, um, I drafted lots of them. And it's called, uh, Chris Olave. If you're going to put Michael Thomas as a sleeper receiver, you got to put the guy that's going to be most, uh, most complimented by him. And that's going to be Chris Olave. Um, the saints even, you know, decided, Hey, let's protect, uh, Jameis Winston and, you know, get Trevor Penning in the first round as well. Guess what? He's going to have a little bit more time in the pocket to throw to these guys. Chris Olave is a deep threat. Expect him to pop off for you a couple games, maybe at a flex position if you need him. Um, right at the right moment, you know, he's going to have some, some big yard games. Um, but that's, that's who I have as my fantasy sleepers, just my four, um, you know, call me crazy on one of them, maybe two, but, um, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. This is great. This is a whole point of fantasy sleepers in general. Call me bold takes, whatever. Uh, but it's Weddle time, baby. And I believe, um, is it, is it tied right now? Let's see. Hold on a minute. Let's check I'm pretty out. sure it's either tied or you're up by one. Yep, yep, and I won last time, so that means I get to pick which one I get. Sure, if you want one, you want two, it's up to you, my guy. I want two. All I want right. two for sure. Um, if you haven't done the Weddle and you're in the comments, or if you've if you you know haven't if you have done the Weddle, sorry, if you have done the Weddle and you're in the comment section, don't spoil anything. Um, but it's a new Weddle by eight minutes, actually. 
Oh, okay, cool. So, so unless these boys have done my Weddle in the last eight minutes, pay attention. <laughs> Stop pay attention. doing that. Just kidding. All right, who's your first player? Is it Jalen Hurts? Yeah, it's Jalen Hurts. For those who don't know, this is easy. We're doing easy. Oh, what? We're doing easy. Easy. We help each other out. Um, hard okay, mode is when we're actually competing. NFC, not a quarterback. Um, six one. Who's six one? Older than um, twenty four. Yeah. So let's go with. Uh, I mean, I don't know who's six one, but uh, yeah, maybe Andre Hopkins. Okay, so he is a wide receiver, not in the West or East. So you're he's thinking between so. the ages of 25 to 28. Okay. Wide Where receiver in the NFC. <sighs> Mike Evans. He might be too old. NFC South wide receiver. That's not Tampa Bay. Uh, he's too tall. You're looking at maybe 27, 26 now. Um, DJ Moore? DJ Moore, I think, is too short. It could be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but he's not in Carolina. This is rough. Oh, Michael Thomas. No shot. I realize Michael Thomas is that tall. Is it Atlanta then? It has to be an Atlanta wide receiver. Calvin Ridley. This is like it's tough for this being an easy one. Calvin Ridley. There we go. Um, forgot that he. I didn't assume he was going to be in here. (laughs) All right. So, can we just note every time that we've played, we've gotten a hundred percent wins. Like hundred percent on the hard, on the ones that on the, on the ones yeah. that matter. So there we go. All right, Ben, first guess. Yeah, Jalen hurts. Wow, that did NFC nothing. Defensive player. All right. I'm going with uh, Roquan. Okay, so oh, he's special close. Teams question mark. Yeah. By the way, I saw Cairo Santos today. That guy is so short. Five foot six, he looks like a midget compared to everybody else, and I love it. <laughs> if that's an insensitive name, I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, next. Okay, well, it might be it might be punter or special teams. If it is, we're screwed. So, but we're gonna continue to try to guess. Well, we'll do some defense uh, for Coach Tyler. <sighs> Jack Thomas. Yep, right there. Yep. Thompson. Thompson. Oh, I'm sorry. NFC South again. Number okay. seven. My biggest um, linebacker. That was kind of stupid. I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette. It's not a linebacker. It's not a linebacker. Don't guess linebacker. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking Darius Leonard. I'm stupid. Oh, he does wear seven, but he's 27 years old. NFC South. Oh, so that means it is a special team. My lord. Who wears number seven? <laughs> um, number oh, I seven. I think I might have a guess. 
I couldn't tell you who the kicker or punter for either of these teams are. <laughs> like, I, I, I probably could. And I'm going to hear their name. I'm going to be like, is it Graham? Can't be Graham. Type in Graham Gano, though. See if it's a punter. Oh, it's a kicker. Oh, it's a kicker. Gosh. Oh, that's the kicker. When I think of when I think of um NFC South kickers, I meant punters. Uh, but when when I think of kickers, I Graham Gano is the first one who comes into mind when I think of NFC South. Uh, oh, it's a freaking kicker. And it's a kicker for the Saints or Falcons. I, I think we call this one a wash if you think you know something. All right. I'm gonna go for uh I think he's a punter. Um, what's his name? I want to say it was like Josh Lambeau for the the Panthers, but um, I thought was okay. He might be right. I don't know. Type in Lambeau. See what happens when you type in Lambeau. Yeah, I tried Lambeau. Yeah, I thought it was. Anyways, um, well, it's it's either for the Saints or Falcons. Uh. Do do we want oh, to call oh. on a Saints friend? <gasps> oh, Youngo who? Yeah, ah. yeah. Let's go. I forgot about Youngo who. Let's go. That's another dub. That's two straight. So that'll be four to me. I look bad on you, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Youngo who? Come on now. Come on now. Don't sleep. The legend. So uh, next up, we have Gridiron Goofs. Uh, just to finish it off, round us off. Um, who got last? Pick? You did. I forgot what we did. Uh, we did Marvel movies. Yeah. So you. yeah. No, this is this is definitely your pick. Yeah. This is this is going to be quite. But the, um... Best potato chip flavors draft. Okay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm changing this on the fly with you. Best chip flavor draft. Chip okay. flavor? Yeah. We, yeah, because we're not going to limit ourselves to potato chips. What's the difference? A, a Dorito's not a potato chip. Okay, I mean, I I would count it as that tortilla chip, whatever, bro. Okay, I was just making sure, I was making sure Doritos yeah. were in play, my guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, just chip flavor then, and you get first pick. So, this is gonna be bold for the first pick, but I know if I don't go here, Ryan's gonna go here, and it is a Dorito flavor. It's a nacho. It's the sweet and spicy chili Doritos. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the classic, the Cool Ranch Doritos. It's a um, shame that you left the best. It's a shame you took the the worst tasting Dorito right there. No, that one's great, man. There's nothing better than that. Uh, that's I'm a Cool Ranch guy, but sweet and spicy is the best one out of all of them. So yes, whatever. yes, no doubt. Uh, this is where. Uh, you know what? Number two, we're, we got to go. You called me old here. Go salt and vin, my friend. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Was that where you were going? Yeah. I literally <laughs> had them today. I had Jimmy John's. Dude, oh, that makes me so mad. Also, check out this tan line I got today. Isn't that sick? It's for my hat. 
Anyways, uh, <laughs> so, um, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, come on. There's got to be another one, right? Not another. Oh, I, I have one. a next one that comes right to mind. Um, I, I mean, I guess I got to go with the nacho cheese Dorito, right? Like the like the original red bag, like. Sure. I mean, you might as well, right? Okay. Well, my next one, and this might be bold. It might not be bold. Uh, pizza Pringles. Pizza Pringles. Mmm. Mm, a good old mm. pizza Pringle, my friend. It's a pretty good one. That's a good pick. Um, it's out of the box, but uh, it's... Mm. I... Uh... Oh, dude. I don't eat a lot of chips, so this is where it gets tough. Yeah, I know. I don't either. But, like, this is a good good topic. Um, dare I say uh, sour cream and onion chips are pretty good? No, yeah. I'm going I'm going barbecue. Okay, well, good thing you went barbecue because I'd never go barbecue. Hot take. Anything barbecue flavored that's not barbecue is trash. And that's just that's proven by science. No, it's not. I think your opinion is just garbage. Well, thank you for the sour cream and onion chip, my friend. Yeah, it's whatever. Because, no problem. Because we're doing that. And then I, I know how I'm lining off my last one. My last one, my, it's not bold. Call me a child for what my last one's going to be, but I don't care. Mm. I I don't know. I don't know. Dude, There's. I'm going Flamin' Hot Cheetos. All right, well, we were thinking the same alley there. Okay, that should have just given away. So our last one, we're gonna round it off. Call me a child, all you want. Uh, yeah, we're going with some Fuego takis, my friend. Oh, ew! Those are, are good. nasty, You're, bro. It's no. because it's because you don't have um that tolerance. No, they just taste like chalk, garbage. It, it's because you don't have the tolerance, and that's okay. No, I just don't enjoy eating nasty stuff. You don't um, enjoy flavor, and that's okay. Bold take here. Um, I forget what they're called, uh, but they're the chili and cheese Fritos. That's what it's called, yeah. Oh, those are good. I forgot about those are my favorite, actually. I steal of the draft good. right there, baby. Come that on. That is the steal of the draft. I forgot those existed. So uh, I want to. I'm changing out. I'm changing out. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. We're changing out the Takis for the sweet twist barbecue ones. You know which ones I'm talking about? Yeah, that's the ones that I'm talking about. Were you talking about chili cheese or the sweet twist? Because there's a difference. Oh, there is a difference. Yeah. There is a difference. I just remembered. Because that's what. Okay, because the chili cheese, I'll be completely honest with you. I like the barbecue ones more. And that's kind of the ones that I was thinking of. But like. I mean, I'll take either one. The chili cheese ones are good. It's up to you. It's it's your pick. So I'm because I'm eh, switching out. So it's they're your... chips. I'm not gonna fight over them. You could take them. I don't cool. care. Right, okay. <laughs> Sub out your garbage taki pick. Thank you. And, yeah. Don't I'll know, be happy. I know Jackson would appreciate this. My uh, dearest friend Jackson. Um, an honorable mention that I'm not gonna add to this because no one's gonna understand how good these taste. But jalapeno Cheetos are so good. Are are cheeses crackers or chips? Crackers. 
And lime, have you you have, have you had the lime lays before? No, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of like the pickle chips. Ew, ooh, don't like those. All right, you got any closing thoughts before we uh, round this the, round this bad boy out? No, uh, it, it'll be good. Um, it, it was good to come back, but uh, this time a week from today, football is back. We're gonna so, be recording. I'm assuming right after the game's done. Right after the game's done. So yep. get that done. Um, I want to say thank you to the guys at Windy or Windy City Gridiron for giving me the tickets today. Um, those guys are so cool. I actually met up with them. You know, um, you know, shook their hand, had a nice conversation, and everything. Um, yes. Okay. You're good. Yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, ben just swap sides if you're listening to us later on in the week. But um, guys, this this show is about to kick up like a crazy notch. I mean, we're gonna be just about episode 30, 30 through 35 is when I'm fully expecting viewer counts and everything to go up. And this is when my prediction, or not prediction, but uh spoiler is that this podcast is going to be among the best podcasts for American football in the United States, in the world, wherever you want to say this will be a top podcast. Um, And, you know, we'll, we'll get some more people on here as well to get us through the preseason. But real quick, I just want to say, yeah. Did we talk about the biggest news that broke last week? What's that? The name change on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my uh my new Twitter at is uh at R Matthews NFL. Um trying to stick to primarily NFL news, but if I get anything else in which I have, um, including like sources, anything like that, I will be providing that as well. But I do want to say um thanks to those that actually you know gave me the tickets and everything like that. They're cool guys. Um thank you guys for staying up with us. It's like almost 12 30 at night. Um, our Wi-Fi wasn't working earlier. It was a big, big problem. We didn't know if we were going to be able to record tonight. So being able to do that was really cool. So thank you guys for coming on. Um, if you made it this far, we want to say thank you for listening all the way through. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Pigskin Project. And we have a lot scheduled for next week's show, as I said. Um, so make sure you're subscribed or following us on all platforms. We'd like to give a big thank you to Anchor.fm for putting in our podcast. Uppercuts Grooming, Regional Radio Sports Network, and Overtime Sports Network, which Ben is holding <laughs> up with his hand, uh, for helping us promote our podcast. Please leave a review down below as it helps us more than you know. And that's it for this week. So thanks again for tuning in to the Pigskin Project. Football's back, baby.